0: Hello, I'm Leanne Townsend, the owner of Townsend Family Law and an experienced family law lawyer practicing in all areas of divorce law in the city of Toronto. Welcome to Divorcing Well. In this week's episode, I'm really excited to have as my guest author Terry Smith, who has written a wonderful children's book called See You Later, which deals with the topic of separation anxiety in children who are going through divorce. So I'm really excited to have you here. Welcome to the podcast, Terry.
1: Ah, uh, thank you.
0: Why don't we start by um, having you share a little bit of your own story with listeners and and how you came to write this book?
1: I'm an artist and I'm also uh, a publisher, and I've been in the publishing for about 15 years, and I've had access to um, the you know the book market and being able to put books out to kind of like um, help people. And most of the books I put out were kind of like more art related or poetry related. They weren't really dealing with your children's issues. And I have an eight year old daughter and I also have a a 33 year old son. So I've taken some time between children there. And I'm in that time, I think I've developed as a human and I've developed as a father. And I think when I was divorced to my first wife, the things that my son went through and the trauma that he experienced in that divorce was a younger me, uh, a, a, a less evolved me. And I think that I was just a, a really selfish person when I went through my first divorce. And I recognized that, you know, post divorce and how things move on. But when the divorce was happening it's like it was it's all about me and with my ex, it was all about her. And we left and we pretty much just left our son alone. And so when I went through my second separation with my daughter, I had, you know, I realized what I didn't want to repeat, you know, what I the mistakes I made with my son. So that was able it was a good source for me and a reference for me to be able to step into this, knowing the past mistakes and knowing how I need to kind of navigate you know, these waters that now that I'm a bit familiar with. So with my daughter's like, you know, being so attentive to her needs and just being like, you know, trying to be the best dad I can be. I just made sure she was in the conversation from the beginning and made sure that her feelings were known and her thoughts and concerns were expressed and that they valued and, and they had value and that they mattered to me and to my ex. So I think when we decided, you know, post kind of like, you know, separation and after a few years removed, I saw how great she was doing and I saw the tools that I used to get her there. And I asked her, I I was like, Maya, it's like, we should write a book about, you know, what we went through. And she was like, that's a good idea. And I said, I think it can help people. You know, I mean, look at you. I mean, she's a straight A student for five years. She's in the best you know, school in Louisiana. She's just won a tennis tournament. She's in a chess club, karate, gymnastics, swimming. She does everything. And then on top of it, she's just like a beautiful, generous person like and cares about the environment. Like if you throw a bag of potato chips on the floor, she will stop the car and like get out and put the bag of potato chips in the garbage. So this is a caring, loving child that. If I would have made the same or repeated the same cycle that I did with my first, I don't think she would have turned out so great. And she would have been able to navigate, you know, just the divorce and separation that that I experienced with her mom. So that's what led to the inspiration in me creating this book is learning from the past and not wanting to repeat that and making sure that my child, you know, had a, a seat at the table.
0: So what are some of the common mistakes that you think parents make with respect to their children when they're going through divorce? I mean, you touched a little bit on, you know, maybe being selfish and focused on yourself, but, but what are some of the, the common mistakes?
1: Yeah, I think the common mistakes that parents make think is thinking that it's just all about them. Number one, thinking that, you know, like not knowing that this too shall pass as well. And, and not knowing like, you know, it's like, something you know, things fall apart and it's just like, you know, and, and, but that creates a dynamic that could create something even greater. And, and, and you can, and, you know, life is fleeting. So we, we need to find the happiness on this journey that we're on. And it's just like, and, and, and when you, when you realize that you, you, you have to be the, you have to get a divorce when you realize that you will break up your family. It's like, you know, it's the most devastating you know, feeling that, you know, any human being has, who has a feeling, who feels something. It's like, I think, I think a lot of parents make the mistake of just being, like I said, too selfish and too self-evolved. And it's like involved. And it's just like, and I think that they need to kind of be selfless in this situation and kind of feel like, you know what, I know that I'm going through the worst time in my life. I know this feeling is is destroying me and my being and and I'm and I'm uncomfortable where I am in the world. and but I think that you know they have to really dig deeper and start thinking, you know what? I need to embrace forgiveness and I need to figure out how what to do for my family and and caring for everybody else will, will you know, I believe that it will show, you know by you kind of like you know extending and paying it forward. For the greater good, I think in that you will find your grace. And I think that's where parents need to live when they're getting divorced is they need to pretty much think, you know what, I need to not think about myself and I need to think about everybody else involved in this.
0: Definitely. Um, I know one of the other common mistakes that I see parents making just, you know, as a divorce attorney, I see my clients doing it or the opposing Spouses doing it um is bad mouthing the other parent to the child and you know and kind of involving them, you know, and trying to turn them against the other parent to I don't know in their twisted mind gain some sort of advantage and you know that can be very damaging to children um and I'm wondering you know what comments you would have to say on you know people who are doing that.
1: No, you see, I um I also. I, I'm a very loving and caring person, and and I've been like that in my entire life. And I think that with me, it's just like, you know, I don't put someone else down to, to feel better about my life. I've never been like that. So, And I know parents do that. And it's just like in one time, I, I remember when my son got a little older, and he was bad-mouthing his mom. And I told him, was, I never wanted to hear him speak like that again. It's like, you know, the sacrifices that she's made that you don't know about, the things that she has been through that you don't know about. I was like, you need to respect her. So I, I can, you know, parents, I, you know, like I said, you know, I could um, I could be going through the worst time in my life. And then, of course, like some people who are like dealing on a low frequency would like to like put others down to make themselves feel better. And this is like the like the wrong thing to do because we're all connected. You know what I mean, and that child is hopefully the better version of you and your spouse. And it's just like so by you saying anything about your spouse, it's almost like saying something against the child. So, so it it, it has no, there's nowhere for it to live. There's nowhere for it to do any good. It can only do harm. So it's just like you know. So I, I you know, I hope parents like see that and realize you know what it's like. It's better to say nothing you know, than to say something like that, because it does nothing for anybody but hurt the child and like hurt whatever chances of you or this person ever evolving and growing from this situation.
0: Definitely. I think one of the struggles parents have uh, is, I guess, knowing how much to tell the children. and, And, you know, on the one hand, they don't want to involve them in adult issues. But on the other hand, You know, children have worries and questions when they find out that their parents are separating. So how should parents best approach this? How much should they share or how honest do they need to be in answering questions from their children?
1: I think, um, I think parents need to be honest, you know, I think they need to tell the child. I mean, you don't have to go into, you know, like really descriptive explanations of it. You can broad stroke it, you know? I think that you just kind of like, you know, you know, me and mom or me and dad and really not getting along. And and, you know, we we see how it's affecting you guys. And it's just like, you know, and and we don't we, we need to kind of change up and see, take some time apart to see if we can kind of feel this thing out and kind of let them be part of it. Let them have some input, you know, and it's just like and value their input and try to like work through it together as a unit. And um, But I think being completely transparent is, is where it's at with the child. It's like, I mean, at a certain age, the child can understand. At a certain age, the child's not going to understand. It's like, you're not going to be able to tell a two-year-old what's going on and then understand what's happening. It's not going to happen. But it's like, if the child is four or five or six, I think you can kind of baby step them into the situation and then make things fun. You know, like let them spend some time alone and and see the new parent's place and and, like, talk about all the great new adventures and stuff. It's, like, just make it fun and make it an exploration and and just kind of, like, let them see, like, how the world just got larger because of this situation and things could get better. And it's, like, so I think being transparent, I think talking with the children, if they're of an age that they can somewhat understand what's going on, but don't kind of get into, like, the, the, the you know, the, the bottom of it. Like, the, the children don't need to hear about, like, the, the details of something just kind of broad stroke and just kind of deal with the surface of it.
0: Yeah, I agree. You know, like just as an example, I don't think children need to know that mommy or daddy, you know, had an affair or things like that, because there's no useful purpose for a child to know that they can just know that the, you know, the marriage isn't working out between mommy and daddy. And so mommy and daddy are taking some time apart. And as you said, you don't need to get into the nitty gritty details of everything so you're still being honest and transparent but you don't have to you know bring up what are adult issues yes if parent's first of all your book is um the notes i have say it's available um october 10th 2023 which is obviously this year is that correct is it still the release date Is october 10th yes Um, so if parents want to go out and buy your book how can they use this book First of, all, first of all, what age group would you say this book is oriented towards?
1: Yeah, I think four to eight years old is the targeted uh, market for this book and um, the target demographic, I should say, or well, audience for the book.
0: Okay, and if parents go out and purchase it, how can they use this book? How do you recommend they use this book as a tool with their children?
1: Yeah, I mean, I like I said, I think that when – you when you separate and you have the visitation and all of it's in order and you know everything has been filed and now you have to drop the child off and pick pick the child up i think that you read this book i mean if you're lucky enough you have this book before the visitation starts and and if you and or if you're going through that already and you see the trauma that the child is experiencing during the drop offs and pickups then hopefully you can read this book to the child at night or read it together And, um, and just go through the steps. It's like I said, you know, with my situation, when I was dropping my daughter off with my, my ex, it's like, you know, when I dropped her off, I saw this kind of distant stare in my daughter as she saw me walk away. And she wasn't, she was happy to be with mom, but she was kind of like, where are you going? And, and, but she was still happy to see her mom. So she went with her mom. But when I picked her up, it was like, she will hold on to her mother. She starts screaming. It was just so traumatic. I'm crying. She's crying. It's just like, I can cry right now talking about it. And it was just like, so I was like, you know, what is happening to my daughter that she thinks she's not going to see your mom again? So I just, one day I just stopped and I said, Maya, and I remember something my dad told me so crazy, like 40 years ago, you know, my dad said something like, you know, he was like, it's not goodbye. It's see you later. And you know, the crazy part is like the things you remember, you know, what I mean when you're a child that you hold on to. And I pulled from that to, to use with my daughter, 40 years removed from it, if not longer. And I'm, so when I told my daughter, Maya, it's, it's just see you later. It's not goodbye. You're going to see mom again. It's going to be OK. It's like, you know, she has to go do something and we're going to do some stuff or we're going to see you tomorrow. And I think she kind of like made a mental note of it. And I was like, okay, I need to drive it home. So we went to the park and I was like, see you later, Parky." We'll go to the swimming pool. See you later, swimming pool. See you later, dog. See you later, car. And then she started saying it. And when she started saying it, okay, I was like, I know she, she got it. Then when we had the visitation, let's say a month later, because it didn't happen automatically. But let's just say a month later, it was like, when I picked her up, it was like, see you later, mom. Got in the car went about our business, it was over. And it was just like, so I saw it work. It worked with her. And it was just like, you know, and I'm not going to say it's going to work with every parent because some families are not as loving, not as attentive, not as caring, and have some deeper trauma going on that this book is not going to help them. But for a lot of people that do have love in a family, that st- still love each other, this book is going to help them to no, get I through this that's, some that's period.
0: That's great. And I love that the idea see you later. Um, And as you just touched on, you know, it has to be parents who genuinely want to support their children in the right way. Because there are parents out there that I've seen where, you know, if um, their son or daughter is showing separation anxiety and, you know, perhaps crying um, when, you know, about leaving the other parent there's some parents who want to take advantage of that and use it as a reason that the other parents shouldn't get parenting time. And, you know, that's, um, I mean, that's where, you know, it gets more complicated. And, you know, like the experts need to be looking at it. And, you know, is there a reason why the child is feeling that way? Like, is there neglect or abuse or trauma going on? Or is it just a normal sort of separation anxiety situation that, you know, most children are going to go through when their parents split up and the parents just have to work together as a unit to help the child through that.
1: Yeah. 100%. You know, it's so crazy when you said that right now, my first wife, when we had separated, I remember I I had my son for a weekend and I brought him back and I remember she called me and I've never said this in like, like, I guess, 25 years. And she was like, something's wrong with him. He changed. Like, he's not the same. And I was too young to really understand, like, where is she coming from? And like what you just said, she was using it to kind of like manipulate me and kind of get an upper hand on it when it was just my son going through this dynamic of dealing with parents who weren't together anymore. But she took it to that place like, you, you know, something happened, you know? So I totally just, you know, I've never said that in 25 years. I haven't addressed that. But when you just said that, I experienced that. And twenty five years removed from it with my daughter, it's just like I didn't go to that place. I knew exactly what was going on, and what was going on was my daughter was going through some episodes because her feelings and thoughts and emotions were not being addressed.
0: Yeah, ex- exactly. Uh, you know, and that, and that's why you know co parenting, you know, on the same page and together as a unit is is so important. Um, you know, if you have a parent who's going to try and be opportunistic about it and use it to gain an advantage that's you know that that's hurting the child ultimately i mean it's hurting the other parent too but in the, in the long run you're also hurting the child by affecting their relationship with the other parent and where i also see that happening is you know it's very common when children um transition back to you know or transition between parents when they first arrive at the parent the parent's house um, they may, you know, be showing some negative behaviors or whatever because they're transitioning and they're adjusting, and that's nor that's a normal thing for a lot of children when you know they first change homes. And it doesn't mean that they shouldn't change homes, and it doesn't mean that they shouldn't spend time, you know, with the other parent. It just means that parents need to understand that as a human being, when they change, you know, I wouldn't want to have to change homes you know, every week or a couple times a week. And so, of course, there's going to be, you know, behavior associated with that. Um, and people need to just understand that's what it is and it's nothing more.
1: Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. And like I said, I just think so. You know, we, we just don't we need to remove ourselves from it. And we need to think at, you know, what the child is going through, you know, what they're experiencing. And like I said, it's just like as long as we bring our feelings and and our hurt and our baggage into it, we're never going to get to a solution or figure it out. It's like, you know, we just have to remove ourselves from it and look at this child and and, and even ask them point blank, you know, how are you feeling? You know, what's going on? Like, what do you think about this? You can say anything to me, even if it's going to hurt mommy or daddy. I want to hear it because we want to help you. And that's yeah. it. It's like, you know, just live there and, and it'd be fine. You know, it's like you people, we can, we, we're, we're resilient, you know, people. It's like, we can get through it. You know, it's just like, but it's just like, but we just, so when we're younger, it's like, we just, we, we, we just haven't evolved enough with enough experiences and to know, like, you know, this will pass, as I always say. And we just think like, you know, this is, this is like, I, I hate the way I feel. And, and I don't care about anybody else. And and we look at the child, like, you know, you're just a byproduct of this and you don't have a voice. And that's terrible, yeah. you know, terrible to, 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 to let this child feel like they have no stake in this when they have all the stake in this.
0: No, definitely. Um, what advice do you have for parents who, to, to be able to not be selfish and, shield their child uh, as much as possible. You know, when they're going, you know, research shows divorce is one of life's most stressful experiences. And it is incredibly stressful. So, you know, someone's out there, they're going through a divorce, their their life is shattered, they're distraught, they're depressed, they're anxious, they, you know, all of these things, and they have a child that they want to, you know, they still want to be the best parent they can be, but their whole world is upside down themselves. So how do you be a good parent when your own world has fallen apart and you, you want to be selfish in order to, you know, help yourself?
1: I think, um, I think the the word that I'm going to say is forgiveness. You know, the one thing I've learned is when I let go of hate, when I let go of the people that wronged me, when I stop blaming others for my mistakes and I stopped blaming the world for, for not being fair, it's just like, and when I learned forgiveness, it's like, that's what, that's what saved me. It's like, you know, in that forgiveness, when you forgive your ex and you forgive them for what they've done to you and they could have been a horrible person, in that forgiveness, you're forgiving yourself. You know, and you allow yourself to, 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 to almost turn the page and start a new chapter. You can't hold on to, to yesterday. You can't hold on to the things that have happened to you. You can't hold on to life not being fair. But what you can change is the stuff in front of you. What you can change is what's coming ahead. And that you can learn from the mistakes you made not to make them again. You can't bring yesterday into today. You can't carry that with you. You got to let it go. And in letting it go, you it's like you, it's like a, a blank canvas for you to like create the masterpiece of your life again. And this is it. You know, that's the only advice I would have is is just always be e- engulfed in forgiveness. Always, like, you know, no matter what it is, you know, it's just like in, in that forgiveness, you you have a grace and you have a, a kind of like um, a serenity and a tranquility to that that pace. That's going to like make you feel like, you know, that that everything's going to be OK. And then the dynamic you have with everybody around you, they're going to feel it, you know, because what you give out is what you get back. So it's just like, you know, so if you give forgiveness out, if you give calmness out, if you give compassion out, you're going to get it back. So if you give anger out, if you give bitterness out, if you give hate out, you're going to get it back.
0: Oh, exactly. That's that's very well said and so true. Um. Now I mentioned that the book is being released on October tenth of this year. Uh. Where can listeners find it if they uh, they would like to purchase it?
1: Yeah, the book is worldwide. So you know every Barnes and Noble, every bookstore. I mean, if you just like Amazon Google the we'll yeah, Amazon, Amazon, yeah. everything. So if you just Google um, you know Terry Smith, see you later. You'll see all the sites that I have the book. And if your bookstore doesn't have the book, they can just go right into the computer and order it and it and it'll be delivered, you know, from whatever, you know, distribution wholesale location that my distributor is distributing to. But it's in Canada. It's all over Canada.
0: And if listeners would like to um, learn more about you, I don't know, do you have a website or, or how? Yeah, they- I just
1: have a space on the Art Voices book site, you know, we you know, for my title. And um, so, you know, that's just pretty much they just go there and I guess my um, the book is there and and just kind of like, you know, what I'm doing recently. And we have a couple more books coming out, but that's about it.
0: Well, thank you so much uh, for being on my podcast. I really appreciate it. I think this is a great book, so I am certainly going to recommend it to my listeners and my clients to to pick up a copy. So thank you so much.
1: Oh, thank you for having me. I enjoyed you.
0: And thank you to my listeners. Please like, subscribe, and join me here again next week on Divorcing Well.
1: Hi, my name is Janet Finaki, and I'm the host of the Resilient People podcast. I interview regular people from around the world who've experienced something major in their lives, bounced back, and found a purpose in helping others be resilient too. They're folks like you and me, and their stories are totally relatable, extraordinary, and inspiring. I had no idea what I could do. Until I did it. But it's the motivation of doing for other people that you know need support, need help, that you're able to really push and dig and find what you can do.
0: Have an open discussion and not write us off and allow us to actually talk about our disability. Like, don't assume my limits mm-hmm. for me.
1: You know, we went for a drive told her what her mom was going through and what the likely outcome is going to happen and we both just bawled and then finally Kate just said that we need to have hope and to be resilient you have to you have to have hope join me as we get to know some incredibly resilient people the resilient people podcast is everywhere you get your podcasts subscribe so you don't miss an episode
0: thank you for joining me on divorcing well If you have any separation or divorce questions, you can get in touch with me via my website at www.leantownsend.ca.